Yeah, man. Smart people are. Uh, all right, you ready to rock there, Cobb? I mean, ready to rock is in like, are we hitting the record button? Because yes, sir, I am. All right. Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. All this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the tits. Starring the tits. The uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha! The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. Woo! The podcast episode two nineteen. What's up? It's your boy, the Ted Smith. I'll be hosting this here podcast, greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Uh, to the left of me. Well, actually, he's not to the left of me. He's down in Austin. We got him over Skype. He's always here unless he's somewhere in Asia on two wheels. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Market steady and rising this week on the back of a strong U.S. dollar. Increased trade tensions with China and a rise in the cost of refrigerated shipping weren't enough to dampen investor spirits. On dampening spirits, rumors circulating of a The Podcast signature per day being released this summer have share prices up nearly 4% midway through the second quarter. Has Ted purchased the bidet he promised all the ladies for his new apartment? We'll learn more at 630. Uh, all right, back there on the wheels of steel, getting the studio all set up. Matt Comer, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. I did not get a bidet yet. Okay, cool. Yeah, oh, come on, man. I did not. Well, I've been dog sitting, man. I've been busy. Dog sitting? Yeah, I know. I heard you're a dog dad now. Yeah, I don't know if I care for that term. Taryn uses it all the time. Is that? Ca- I, but it's not my dog. Well, I don't. I hate the term when people are like calling themselves a dog mom or whatever. It's like, no, you're just like you own a dog. That's not a child. But I like to razz people with dog mom or dog dad. So I don't know. I feel like I'd prefer if you called me the dog father. <laughs> see, that's pretty. Okay. Yeah. See, that I can get down with. Right? Dude, some people do some weird stuff with dogs, man. My, one of my friends down here pulled her dog's tooth this week. Whoa. On her own? Yes. No anesthetic. And my next door neighbor's a dentist. And I asked him about that. And he was like, oh, not a good move, which is what I was saying to her. Yeah, I would think you need to take the dog to a vet. I mean, that's got to hurt for the dog. And then number yeah. two is like, that. Like, does she have anything to numb that up or to cover it up? I mean, that's just an yeah, open afterwards, sore. some disinfectant or something. Dude, that's what I was saying. So what she was saying, actually, you know what? It doesn't matter. The point is, like, she's a horrible person. That's the point. <laughs> oh, in All general. Right. I thought maybe it was just, like, some weird, like, chick that's just like, yeah, I, pull, I do my own dentistry. She just had some <laughs> wacky reason for it. Now, in general, she she's honestly rad, but it was kind of a weird situation. She was going to have to take the dog to the dentist anyway because he has like a tooth that's pushing another tooth out of the way. But then on the other side, one of the teeth came loose right be- before we were going out for the night on Saturday. And so she pulled it right before I got there. Oof. Yeah. Ruthless. Yeah. God, that is kind of ruthless. I went to the dentist for the first time in four years this Wednesday. <laughs> wow. Yeah, How'd it go? It went great. I think they they were like, yeah, you do you do you're doing pretty good. And there's like four tiny cavities, but they're like, yeah, we can tell you floss, you know, consistently. Probably not as much as you could be, but that's all right. And uh, they could tell I use an electric toothbrush and angle it towards my gums. And so, yeah, just four small cavities in four years. I feel like that's pretty good. Do you do Are you, you saw in the Sonicare game? Yeah. Oh yeah. So do you still floss or just the Sonicare? I floss. All I right. use those like pl- picker things. I wish they made non-plastic ones. I'd pay extra, but either way, it's the only way I'm flossing, and they're really convenient. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I love those things too. Yeah, so I, use I love those, those things also. Come, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Matt, let me tell you this: there is a better 
There is a, a next level to the Sonicare game. What's, if you'd like to know. What's that? Well, okay. So when I w- the last time I was at the dentist, I asked my dentist, I was like, what kind of toothbrush do you use? And he was like, oh, uh, you know, wh- whatever you're, you're using is fine. You're using like a Sonicare or something. He's like, yep, that's fine. You're good. Your teeth look good. And I was like, no, no, no. That's not what I asked. Huh. I said, what do you use? And he like, you could tell he was like felt put on the spot and he got kind of quiet. He like slowly closed the door to the room What? and he's like, well, so I have this patient and I was like, oh hell yeah. Okay. Now we're getting the good stuff. He's like, I have this patient who works for, um, SpaceX over here in the Valley. And so, wait, was it SpaceX or planetary resources? One of those rocket companies in the Windville Valley anyway. And he's like, he came in, he started being my patient about eight months ago. And he had the most stained, disgusting teeth uh, I've seen in a long time. And then he came back in like two months ago, uh, you know, for a six-month checkup. And it is the most improvement I have ever seen in the whiteness of someone's teeth, including photos in dentistry school. And I was just like, okay, you have my attention. And he was like, so what this guy was doing was he found this Japanese toothbrush so there's so a sonic air is a sonic toothbrush and <laughs> so wait hold on um uh so the difference is between dude dang it now now that i'm not looking at it, i'm ha- having trouble um so there's um ultrasonic technology and sonic technology and ultrasonic technology is like seventy thousand vibrations per minute where sonic technology is about 3,000. And so what ultrasonic toothbrushes do is they're basically like vibrating the bacteria to death. I'm sure people would correct me, whatever. So anyway, um, this, so he ended up buying one of these toothbrushes and I was like, oh God, I was like, how much is this going to cost me? Thinking it's going to be like five grand. He's like, I love it. I use it, but I don't recommend it to people because it's like not that big of a deal, but they're like 150 bucks. So when you go to replace your Sonicare, I highly recommend a Japanese Smilex, or at least look into ultrasonic technology because it's crazy. It's What's what it they called? use for polishing like metal and stuff. What's it called? A Smilex? It's called a Smilex. It's this Japanese toothbrush. They just put the site in English, but let me see if I can find. Did, um, did what, you get one? Yeah, I have one. How, I got one at Christmas. How do you like it? Oh, love it. Yeah, so they use it for like uh, polishing like all kinds of like. Uh, gold, silver, metal, eyeglasses, earrings, and stuff. That's what ultrasonic technology typically is for. But yeah, these toothbrushes are rad. And it's been in Jap- Japan since like the mid-80s. They've been researching it, and you know, now it's available here. So anyway, great toothbrush. Highly recommend. Yeah, and it's not like the like Japanese are known for okay teeth, right? It's only, oh, yeah. it's, only, it's, only it's only the English who really not make fun British, of. British, yeah. Yeah, their teeth are horrific. Uh, Why is that? Why do they have horrific teeth? I don't, yeah. Maybe braces are just not like a big part of the culture over there. Or is that just an old stereotype? I can't imagine all British people still have jangled up teeth. No, it's not all, but some, you know. But, yeah. Maybe it's more culturally accepted by everyone. And so, like, when they travel, then it's a big thing. Because I know, like, the U.S., we kind of put an overemphasis on physical appearances. And with that comes things like braces and teeth whitening, whitening and porcelain veneers, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I thought uh, when I was a kid, it seemed like only only certain people had braces because it was like if their teeth were really bad. 
But I feel like nowadays, like every kid has braces. Yeah, sorry, I lost you for most of that. Oh, I was saying when I was a kid, it didn't seem like there was that many people that had braces. Only if like your teeth oh, are yeah. really jacked. I feel like now everybody has braces. I mean, adults have braces. They're very common, yeah. I, I feel like I saw a lot of them growing up. But yeah, yeah I would say, Matt, age, right when we were like in, yeah. in junior high was Sometimes about that. when kind of the big braces wave was hitting. Yeah. Well, it's going to be by area, too. And like, um, you know, the Northwest typically is pretty like, um, I don't know, affluent and forward thinking on stuff like that. So I would imagine it hit like. You know, the Midwest and stuff a little later. or Well, uh, that's too much of a generalization. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, don't those me, orthodontics make bank. And don't get me wrong. Like, there was, there was people that had braces. It just it, it didn't seem as popular as it is now. And I mean, Christ almighty. I feel like everybody in Hollywood now has shining white uh, chiclets. Yeah. Well, dude, how much do you know about porcelain veneers? That's kind of a crazy process. Is that what most of those Hollywood smiles are? Yeah, when the teeth look a little bit too big for their mouth, typically that's porcelain veneers. And they actually grind down the tooth so that all your teeth look like a picket fence. And then they like slide these things on there. Over the top? Yeah. Huh. And that costs thousands. Per tooth, right? Yeah, I mean the whole thing. Like I know people have gotten it done just for their weddings. Whoa. Yeah. I think it's about five racks if I had to just blind throw out an estimate. Huh. Somebody told me they knew somebody that got all new brand teeth and it was like $30,000. Well, for brand new that teeth can be right. different. So it depends. Porcelain veneers, like, so if you're getting a replacement tooth, like you have a tooth um, chip out or something or is severely damaged where you need a, um, uh, I forget what they call a replacement tooth, but where you need one where they actually like, you know, screw it into the gum line, then yeah, those are like, you know, four or five grand a pop. But porcelain veneers is a little bit different setup. Damn. Man. What's Gucci Mane rocking? No clue. Seriously, have you ever seen the before and after pictures? Uh-uh. I mean, Dave Grohl's a pretty stark difference from when Nirvana just hit to now with his teeth. So there's like clickbait galleries of Oh, I love those things, man. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't even know about uh, about him. Uh, all right, so, uh, by the way, bad news. Joey P lost. <sighs> I, I knew Dude, that. no. Yeah, really? yeah man. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, though. Cage Sport 50 was an awesome card. Uh, first fight of the night, some dude that had flown up from Florida just had clearly head and shoulders boxing above the other dude. And, I mean, the ref had to stop the fight like 40 seconds in, right? Huh. So then another great fight was, uh, remember, we had Tyrone Henderson in. Yeah. Cobb, I don't know if you were on. Were you on that cast? Um, Tyrone Henderson, dude, I think so. He was, was he like? Yeah, dude, From he was Chicago. really good at talking. I like yeah. that guy. Yeah. So he comes out in the second round and gets like a perfect just one two, right? Like I saw that throws the right and then just connects and just drop the dude. I mean, it was freaking awesome. Uh, so most of the fights, good fights. Like uh, there was some, there was two leg locks. Like there was a ta- like it, it was just a good night of fights. And then Joey's fight, man. Well, part of the issue, you know, like he said, like, I don't think he's ever been in a fight longer than two rounds, right? And, uh, I mean, he, he was winning the fight on the cards, but it got to the fourth round, and he just, he got caught in an arm bar, and he had to tap. If he if he didn't tap, that dude was going to, I don't know what was going to happen to that elbow. Oof. 
Oh man. So he was winning on, on points at that point. Was he like, was it mostly a stand bout, or were they down, you know, wrestling or what? It was kind of both. I mean, he had some good choke attempts on him. I want to say either the second or third round, he pretty much dominated the whole time on the ground. So, I mean, like the first round he got touched up a little bit, but as far as I had it, I mean, I, I had him as still winning. Just seemed like he was going to have to grind it out. And then, uh, shoot, I think there was only like 30 seconds in that round, but he got caught. Dang, so would you say he was the better fighter? It seemed? Or uh, no. Okay. I mean, they gotcha. That's what I'm saying. It was, when I'm saying he was winning on the cards at tops, you're talking 10, 9 rounds. I mean, he, the other guy, okay. the other yeah, guy so was, was a battle. good. And I didn't realize how tough that kid he was fighting was, man. That guy had six losses already, right? But two of them are from current UFCers. And then, like, basically everybody he lost to had a really good, like, uh, track record and record and this and that. So then, that, I mean, it was a tough test for Joey, and unfortunately he got, he got caught in that arm bar. Damn. Yeah. But it was, pretty, it was a pretty fun night, man. Place was packed. Uh, I was going to say, my buddy Rob showed up and his dad, and then, I mean, the arena was sold out, man. It, it was good. The energy was pumped. If he won, would you have texted me? Probably. Okay, because I didn't get the text, and I was like, does that mean that he didn't pull it out, pull it off, and then... I had to text or you. Or Ted's drinking curious. again. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Generally, I do text you if, uh, if, if the guy we want to win wins. Yeah. But I got to tell you, man, Tyrone's knockout was awesome. I saw that on Facebook. Did Cage, you? Yeah, on Cage Sports Facebook. It's there. All right. It was oh, awesome. nice. I'm going to check it out. Dude, I will tell everybody, go to the Cage Sport uh, MMA on Facebook and go down to the pictures from, uh, from Cage Sport 50. And when you see Tyrone's fight, man, you could see him uh, knocking out the dude, and you just see me in the background, like, oh, oh, really? Yeah, like my hands, like covering my. <laughs> Did Ernie face. get that shot? What's that? Did Ernie get the shot? Yes. Oh, cool. It's awesome. Can't wait to see that. Because after the fight, when I went back, everybody in the st- every all like some of the security guards were like, "Dude, did you see the replays of Tyrone's knockout?" I was like, "No, why?" They're like, "Oh, your reaction is pr- is like priceless, and everybody can see it." I was like, "Awesome." <laughs> <laughs> God, Dude, it's funny because you guys are up there like supposed to be like kind of neutral, you know, and you're just like, oh, shit. yeah, I'm exactly. trying to find it right now. Uh, here, Matt, come over here. All right, you can see Hold it right on. now. I wasn't F8ing, I gotta click into this. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Cobb, you're right. I maybe I should have been a little more, but I mean, it's just <laughs> right, like my eyes are kind of oh. bugged out. I'm just like, oh man, but I mean, I'm telling you, is it a photo or a video? It's a photo. That is crazy. The guy is laying on his back. Tyrone's kind of standing over him. But, I mean, the, in the setup to it, it was almost like the dude just kind of fell asleep for a second. I mean, literally, just one, two, and he caught him with his right hand, and it was a wrap. Cop's still looking for the picture. All right, Matt, coming up soon, you are taking a trip uh, abroad. You are going to Amsterdam. Yeah. I have not left the country. Cobb, you're a pretty uh, worldly traveler yourself. So, first of all, Cobb, what do you think is the coolest place you've been to, man? Oh, ever? Yeah. Dude, you know what? I honestly, um, as far as, like, country, I got to say Australia. I'm in love with that place. They kill it down there. Um, it's, yeah, they've got a lot going on. Uh, Cambodia, another front runner for sure. Um, really liked uh, Macedonia. Was not expecting to. So, those would probably be my top top three. Maybe Croatia in there. Pretty good spot. I'm not um, positive I know where Macedonia is. 
Dude, Macedonia is basically, so uh, in the Balkans, you, there's basically Croatia is the coastline or the Dalmatian coast. And then as you head inland, there's Kosovo and Serbia. Um, and then Macedonia is sort of just like tucked over there. Also Bosnia, Herzegovina. And then south of that is like right where Albania is. And right below that is Greece. All right. So it's kind of like a whole, it's basically like, they're like the size of, um, uh, not King County, maybe a little bit bigger, but like they're all these little tiny countries. And the thing about them is they yield some of the best soccer players on earth, but because it's so the lines are drawn so small, they can't put a proper team together. But I've always said, if you took like those five countries, which are basically the size of the state of Washington, if you, if you put them together, they would have a world-class football club. Well, Croatia is almost always in the world cup. Dude, yeah, and they have very few people, but like you put like Serbia in there with them, Albania, Macedonia, Montenegro, and like it is on, man. Those guys can play. Oh yeah, all right. I see where it's, where it's at now. Yeah, you got a little map up or something. Yeah, I just pulled up the map. I always forget that Albania and all that stuff's that close to Greece. I mm-hmm. love that when people talk about like anywhere. I I just like can. That's where having a smartphone to like do geography with in real time. It's just so cool. Just like going to Google Maps, zooming all the way out, zooming back in wherever we're talking about. And like, oh, man, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Matt, what are your plans in uh, Amsterdam? Um, well, let's see. There's some museums. Uh, there's a lot of food. There's uh, coffee shops. There's uh, this thing called... The Amsterdam Lookout or something like that. It's like this big like chair thing. There's like a three-story go-kart thing. Um, yeah. Dude, I'll tell you this. So, don't don't get blazed and go to the torture museum. There's a torture museum, too? I know there's a sex museum. I know there's the Shoot, Anne did I just lose you guys? No, no, no. You're still there. Uh, I can't believe you mentioned all that and you didn't mention weed. I said coffee house or coffee shops. All right. Do they not just but, sell it recreational? Well, that's what they're called, is coffee shops. And then All there's right. cafes is where you get actual coffee. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So huh. I'm already familiar with that verbiage. <laughs> uh, they also have psychedelic truffles there, I believe. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hear they don't taste very good, but, you know, sometimes you just got to man up. When in Rome. Yeah. What's What are the drugs? I thought... Is it still legal there, or did they roll back some of the laws? I think they changed some stuff, and things have changed, someone said. Yeah, there were some things relating to tourism, I know, that changed. Like, in terms you, of like, It used to be yeah. mushrooms were legal, and now you, it's only these truffle things, I believe, um, which are like mushroom truffles. I don't, I don't get it, but they're loaded with psilocybin. <laughs> Well, it's probably like an ergot of some sort. Yeah, it's some slight offshoot that produces the same effect. But it's not like straight up mushrooms. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, dude, you could buy peyote there. What? I mean, I just looked up Amsterdam drug laws, and it says uh, you can enter a coffee shop and buy soft drugs, weed, magic, magic truffles, salvia, and peyote cactus. What? Dude, I've always wanted to try peyote. It's tough to come by. That, that's crazy, man. Uh, also, I had a buddy that went over there, and he said he drank a magic mushroom like milkshake. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I had one of those in Thailand, or they sell those in Thailand. Did you try it? Did not. Oh, okay. Well, 
Yeah, I'll be. He likes to yeah, keep things Great quiet job on the stand there. Yeah. I had one of those. I've heard they sell those. I didn't have one. Uh, all right. Fair enough. Yeah, he keeps a low profile on this never. thing. Dude, I, I dare he's smart. you. Ted he's going to run for office me. later. I had a buddy. That dare you, Ted Smith. I had a buddy that didn't even smoke weed and he went to Amsterdam. That's the guy that had, he goes, Yo, I had a magic mushroom milkshake. Oh. I was like, Man, that's crazy. You won't even smoke weed, but you went straight for the mushrooms, huh? Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, I've heard there's, I didn't know about peyote. That's really interesting. I got to research how long that lasts and what that's all about. Um, well, if you're trying to get cocaine, LSD, morphine, heroin, they're all forbidden. Okay. Yeah. Well, I only like one of those. Um, but I can I can do a week without it. That's fine. <laughs> Fair enough, Amsterdam. Play by your rules. Uh, yeah. I, I, I kind of like that. Hey, man, you can't have LSD in this country. You want a mushroom? Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, or they'd be like, you can't have LSD in this country. Got to take it to Portugal? Yeah, right? Portugal. I mean, Portugal, everything's legal. Really? Oh, yeah, that's right. They did that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I believe everything is decriminalized. I don't know if it's fully legal or not. Man, Portugal the Man has a really catchy song. <laughs> I, forget, I forget what it's called. Feel It Still. Oh, I love that one. I just read an interview with him. Like I, well, that band. It's, not, it's obviously more than one guy. It's a huge band. But I saw them years ago. And I was just like, this is kind of weird and funky, but it was a fun show. And he, he had a great quote about that song, just like, yeah, we had no idea it would be this, like, <laughs> it's get this massive. popular. Yeah. I thought it was a chick singing the whole time. And then I saw, like, a, a live performance. I was like, wait, what? Because I'd hear it all the time. I was like, oh, I hear this song everywhere. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I like this song. Cool. I got to figure out who it is. And then I was like, who is it? Eventually I figured it out. And it's like, oh, Portugal the Man. Oh, I've heard of them. I didn't know they had a girl singing. And that's then, not your mother, that's a man, baby. Yeah, dude just gets up there with the <laughs> registry. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, definitely. Oh, is that what that term is? The yeah. Registry, note, interesting. Note register, notes register or something? Regist- yeah, Registering right, notes say, on the scale or something? Yeah, people mm-hmm. say that because they register. Yeah. Interesting. I've been, I've been getting know ballsy with my, uh, like, using words that I don't fully know, but I've heard used in context enough times. Yeah, and it's been working out well. <laughs> Dude, I did that with the with a word last week. Oh, what the hell was it? Oh, abstemious. Ooh. I totally fucked it up. Ooh. You know what, Cobb? I think you might be right that they decriminalized the use of all drugs in 2001. Yeah. I, I know 2001 was when it went down. And I just don't know what the official policy, you know, technically is versus obviously there's always like philosophy and then there's life you know so you can probably get anything there but i don't know what the official government stance is man yeah as far of, as decriminalized versus legal well and part of my reason for always uh wanting to legalize all drugs is like and kind of what, what they've done in portugal right like they barely have overdose deaths anymore and this and that and you cut down a disease like you got to go to your doctor to get the heroin you're going to shoot right but at least the, there's clean needles right it's just harm reduction and then number two is I think most people that, well, it's a little bit different with the opioid crisis we have now with the pills. But I think back in the day, if you got hooked on heroin, there was probably a horrific childhood incident. Something happened that made send you on this path of whole bottle, whole body numbing. So if you could go to the doctor and he's still going to be like, he'll give you your script, but he's still going to be like, hey, man, just so you know, this is what your vitals look like right now. Like, you know, you, they'll put the put. 
information in these people instead of them just shooting up on the street and leaving needles everywhere. Yeah, and they have a lot of harm reduction programs in place as well, which I that's what I think is like having an educated um, approach to that stuff is a much better move than just to say nobody can do it because then everybody does it, but it's the whole black market thing and it's just – it's a mess. You can't get good information. You can't get pure – Whatever it is the these people are trying to score, you I know, mean, you there's like stuff that's yeah, the whole mess of issues. You. Yeah, you can't seek out the police when something happens, you know, like it's a whole yeah. whole mess of issues. And actually, I just watched a good documentary that was talking about how um, when uh, basically the Reagan and Nixon administration, when they were perpetuating the war on drugs, uh, they knew that these things did not have the bad effects that they were saying, but they were using it. Well, this the the uh, voice recording that they were playing in this documentary talks about how they were basically using it to uh, imprison a ton of African-American people to replace some of the labor force um, that had previously been slave labor. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think were you the one that showed me that movie, American Drug War? Uh, No, the one I'm talking about is 13th for anyone who wants to see it. It's on Netflix. No, right. I know they're two different movies, but there, there's yep. one called American Drug War, and that one is really good. And I think I've talked about this before, is they do inter- interviews with uh, Rick Ross, Freeway Ricky oh. Ross from L.A. And he's like, look, I cooked it up into, co- or into crack. We did all the murders. We did all this stuff, but I did not get the like raw product here. He's like, I didn't own planes. Like Somebody flew it in. And then he, he knows who he knows Ali North. Like, he starts watching all the Iran-Contra stuff that went on, and these guys are put on trials, and he's like, wait a minute, I kind of know some of these guys. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that one. Yeah. With Ricky Ross, yeah. It's yeah, it turned out it was the, the CIA was basically trading weapons for cocaine and then flying that cocaine to L.A. and selling it for cash to get it back into to money. Right, and it's simple, right? part of the whole Iran-Contra affair. Right. You can give the cocaine to a guy like Rick, uh, Freeway Ricky Ross, Who's gonna? They're gonna go out, and then you can arrest his dudes for doing the crime. But it's like, eh, you're kind of supplying it. Plus, wherever you don't have jobs, people will make a black market, and it's it's pretty all American, right? So if you live in a if you live in certain sections of cities, and there's no jobs there, and there's not a lot of housing, like people are going to make a black market. Yeah, that's actually been a really nice upshot, I think, of for people who don't live in Washington of the. Um, the legalization of marijuana is that like one, the products are standardized, which is really nice um, for like a casual user like me. And then two, you know, now those that tax money is being collected and it's actually going to benefit our society, you know, going to schools and roads and things like that. And I don't think, you know, by and large, most of the stoners mind paying it. I mean, obviously it's a little bit more expensive, but the cool thing is like it's not like we're taxing something they need to live like uh, food. You know, it's a tax on it's a sin tax. It's a tax on something that you're doing for fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I know it's more expensive, but I don't care. And it's great going in and just buying, you know, whatever. Just like, all right, I'll get this. Yeah, dude, it's... we're shocking the listeners right now. They're like, what? You guys are pro <laughs> pro weed being legalized? No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a solid point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, anyhow, you're going to Amsterdam. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm <laughs> on Arrowhead right now. Looking <laughs> at <gonna> peyote. Cobb, <laughs> uh, uh, you want to just get into the emails? I was wondering what else you had on your sheet, but yeah, we can we can do some emails for I mean, sure. I, I went to a rum bar last night, so now I've decided I'm going to be a rum guy. 
Oh, dude, I love rum. Were you drinking like uh, light rums, dark rums? What was going on? I was first. I had a glass of fancy dark or fancy light rum with uh, with the meal I got. The meal, by the way, was like brisket. It was like a Caribbean place. It's called Roomba. Ooh, and it was uh, like brisket and like a sauce with guacamole in a little plantain cup. Yeah, it was awesome. Hmm. But yeah, I had I started off with just a sipper of rum, and then I had like a margarita. But it wasn't like a frozen, like super sugary one. It was more like a boozy, like uh, one in a glass. And then we had, uh, what was the last thing we had? I think a jungle cat. Not familiar. Yeah, I thought the drinker was going to say something. Yeah. Were you there with Jesse? Uh, actually, no. My buddy Rob was in town. My old boxing coach. Oh, so for some and- reason, I thought I remembered him talking about Roomba. Yeah, I think I've been there once before. Definitely. Yeah. Rum's a lot of fun, man. It's a good, like kind of upbeat tropical drink. That's what I loved about in uh, Bermuda. They, their national drink is the rum swizzler. Well, actually it depends on who you ask. Some people say it's the rum swizzler. Some people say it's the dark and stormy, but either way, well, I was there Bacardi's headquarters was there. And so they have just a ton of rum drinks on the Island. That's something I always love about being in tropical islands in general is like the plethora of rum. Yeah. And rum, I didn't realize this. I read this in the bathroom. Like, uh, you know, like whiskeys have all these standards they got to meet and it's got to be this much corn if it's going to be bourbon or it's got to be this strong. And I guess rum really doesn't have all that stuff. So that's why rums can vary and be all kinds of different strengths or different flavors. And like it was like some guy that wrote a book on rum was like, it's the all American drink. It's 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 the individual spirit. And I was like, God damn, I'm going to be rum guy now. Yeah. (laughs) No regulations. No regulations. Just out there. Pirate. Yeah, man. Chugging rum. Cobb, you ready to drink rum this summer? We're drinking fucking rum. Dude, you got me thinking of that song. I want to say it was by Tech Nine, the um um the one about jungle juice. I don't know. You it. know what I'm talking about? Like Malibu 151, rum, pineapple juice, and da da da. That one? I don't I you know, honestly, I don't know. Are you talking about Caribou Lou? Not, I don't know much uh, about Tech Nine. Uh yeah. Anyway, uh I'll play it for you at some point, but yeah, dude, I definitely mess with rum. I'm down. Summer of rum. We need some little coconuts, little umbrellas, <laughs> and just like rum it up. Uh, all right, dude, let's get some emails. Yeah, so about that, how, <laughs> that segment last week. Yeah, that did not go so hot. And then once he started giving me crap about not being able to read, it was even worse. <laughs> dude, well, go ahead. it's worth. I'm happy to be the reading guy. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, right. So I decided to get a bidet. Yes. Awesome decision from the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. Happy to help. Only issue is getting my girlfriend to try it out. Any hints you guys have? On trying out the bidet? Didn't I On getting his girlfriend to try it out. <laughs> I mean, why would she be against it? Does she like having a dirty ass? He said his follow-up line is, I don't want to say why, but it's going to help me out at least. Yeah, it's very helpful to know that your girlfriend's completely clean back there. It's awesome, especially, yeah. Don't worry about it. I don't need to reveal too much. Yeah, I was going to so, say, man, man. You don't have any tips for getting him to get his girlfriend to try it? Me? You're like no, the paragon of folk here right now, man. You're like the ambassador as, for this As soon thing. as she came over, she was, I think it was probably one of her favorite things about me early on was to... Get a chance to try it out. Says a lot for you, Matt. Yeah, I think I think she she was a quick ad, uh, adapter. 
I don't. I don't have any. Um, I don't have any tips on that. Let me know how that works out. <laughs> but I feel like right. if he's just like living that life, eventually she's gonna. He's just gonna have an extra spring in his step, and she's gonna wonder. And then maybe she'll bring it up, and he'll be like, "It's the day, babe. Give it a shot." <laughs> she'll get a little curious. Yeah. Larbomb boys, Matt, aka Body Shop Slowman. Hey, gentlemen, longtime listener of KSW, but new to the podcast game, and you guys rock. I work overnights, and we'll catch up as I'm around uh, episode 180. And this is probably random and old, but what made me want to reach out is when you talked about smart drugs, and Matt mentioned his overuse and abuse of Adderall. Had the same problem and prescribed <laughs> uh, for six years. I'm 24. and um, I'm about 18 months clean now, except weed or silver bullet or IPAs, but still a little messed up brain chemistry-wise from it. My name is Matt, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> my name is Matt. I work overnights, the Adderall thing, etc. This huh. overnight guy seems pretty cool. Then my re- respect for MCTP went down a few notches because he's a Kings fan, and he brought up our <laughs> 3-0 and playoff demise, Go Sharks, and Mega Hugs. Ah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, um, well... All I can say about uh, about the Sharks thing is that if he's from Seattle, I'm hoping that all of us Seattle area hockey fans, I think I think I'm just gonna have to, I, you know, I think we'll all meet up as Seattle whatever the f- fans down the road and uh, all laugh about when we just had to root for other teams. So I'm excited to you know be a fellow Seattle fan if he lives here. But yeah. The Sharks. Uh, I'm rooting for the Golden Knights, who are playing them, even though they knocked the Kings out. Yeah, it's just it's just too too deep of a rivalry. So yeah, that was uh, that was a fun year when the Kings knocked the Sharks out. And yeah, go go Knights. Ted, we've talked about this. Rooting yeah. for the team that knocked your You're team right. out. They knocked you guys out. You should cheer for. I want to lose to the champions, and I want the team that beat us to beat the Sharks, who also beat the Ducks. Because then it's like, oh, fuck you, Ducks, who I also hate. You guys lost to the Sharks, and the team that beat us was better than them. So we probably could have beat you. I think you should always, like we were saying, you can use that. The only time I wouldn't do it is like if it's a team I really hate. Yeah, and I hate the Sharks and the Ducks way more than I hate the Golden Knights. Who right. Just, you know, they're good, good first-year team. I'm in a city that's going to have a first-year team in a couple of years. I'm excited for them. You know, and I don't want to lose to them, but if I'm, you know, yeah, I don't have any like deep rooted bad blood with them like I do with the Sharks and the uh, Ducks. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Go night. Nice. tonight. Yeah. Ted, what happened to learning to hold a grudge, man? You just, as soon as a team knocks your team off, you just, you hop on their bandwagon? Well, that's one of the theories in sports is that you should cheer for the team that beat you. And then if they win, then it makes you look better. Like, well, at least we got knocked out of the playoffs by the champ. If the Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, we could have, you know, potentially been the second best team. I mean, I understand in theory, but think back to, okay, let's go with this. Like, think about the Super Bowl last year, right? All right. Who did they beat on their way there? Like in the first round. Who Doesn't which, matter. Which no one thinks about them. Who cares? Well, you mean we're an you afterthought? Don't, hang, on, hang on, Cobb. Of, that's, a, that's a terrible analogy because you're talking about, right, we don't remember it. But if your team lost to the Eagles in the playoffs, you go, you're still going to say, well, at least we lost to the Eagles who won the Super Bowl. Right. But you guys were talking about looking good. And aren't you looking good, ideally, to the other fan bases or to yourself? What? 
Looking no, this no, whole thing started. Feeling good to yourself. That's all that matters. So you're just saying like it comforts yourself if they end up winning, going lose, all the way. If you lost to the eventual champs, yeah. Okay, because I, I thought so. you were talking. And like about, Ted like, said last time, I talked to him about this when I was agonizing about who to root for in the second round um, on the phone. He was like, "Hey, man, when it works for you, that's the theory you subscribe to." So, you know, that's the theory I'm subscribing to this year. Right, like the ca- the Caps are playing the Penguins in the playoffs right now. Caps did win. Yes. If the Capitals lose to the Penguins, which could happen, uh, in this playoff series, I hate the Penguins enough that I'm not cheering for them. But generally, the rule of thumb is kind of like you cheer for the team that knocked you out because it makes you look better because you lost but to the look, champ. Look better to who? That's what I'm saying. No one remembers the teams that lost. That's what I'm saying. No you feel better. Nobody remembers the teams that lost because they're not in those cities. I'm saying... Like, As so it looks better to who? Team. The other people in your city? Well, yeah, if you're having an argument with them in a bar or something. But aren't they theoretically the same sports fan, like the same team fan? I don't understand, like, who we're showing face for here. I, That's if, what I'm saying. If we're, all right, look, if we're in, if I go to Austin, right, and I'm talking to a Cowboys fan, and then I, the point is, it's just, it's minutiae, dude. It's just stupid sports shit. Yeah, I can't believe you never heard this fucking theory. Yeah, no, I've heard the theory. I just don't subscribe to it, and I'm kind of surprised you buy into it full force. I'm I go the opposite way. Like if somebody beats my team, I want them to fail. Oh, then your team looks worse. You guys to who? To who are these people who are monitoring how my team looks? The other people in my city? I mean, I get the well, theory. Virginia, Virginia just... looks better this year. They were the only number one t- seed to ever lose to a 16 seed, which seemed ridiculous. But then when you see how far uh, UMBC went, that, made, that, that makes Virginia not look as bad as they did that first weekend. Yep. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that is kind of an extreme example, but sometimes it takes an extreme example to drive home the point. Um, I mean, I understand the theory. I just don't really know, like, who, like <laughs> Virginia's not pumped. You know, like, you're not going in there like, all right, hey, you know what, guys, it's okay. <laughs> they ended up winning, so you're fine. Not at all. You know? But, I mean, you're not – nobody's pumped when you lose, dude. I'm just saying it's it's better. Like, I would rather lose to a guy that wins the title than just lose to the – like, oh, I got knocked out by a 16 seed that lost to a 15 seed. Like, we do suck that bad. Yeah. Are they get blown yeah. out the next game? Yeah. I mean, I get that. I get the theory. But as far as, like, it, it doesn't make me want to go root for the people who just beat my team okay. in any way. <laughs> okay. I have a really good example here, but I think we've driven our points home far enough. So let's get to the next email, Cobb. Walking my dog after plenty of beers and listening to the podcast. Just had to say, Andrew Rivers had the best laugh I've ever heard. (laughs) Thanks to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. land. For the wonderful entertainment every week. You guys are great. JG from Dub P. Word. Nice. They did have a funny laugh. Uh, This one, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, you guys didn't. Uh, get to it last week. Um, so stop me if you have, but to the greatest podcast in all the land. All, all the land. land. Can I recommend a place for the potential upcoming podcast get together in the fine neighborhood of White Center? All right. Did you guys read this one or no? No. I read it, but I don't think I read it out loud. I don't think I finished the damn email. <laughs> okay, no worries. Um, I know White Center has one of the most uh, outstanding reputations for neighborhoods in the area. But it does, in fact, have a great gem in a family-friendly tavern called Beer Star that has some 40 beers on tap, plus a bunch more in coolers from all around the world. It's got an open floor plan with lots of seating, and White Center is in South Seattle, so it's a decent middle ground for you guys uh, for the area. Uh, the great thing about Beer Star, though, is you can bring food in from anywhere, from binging your show 
over the last couple of months, I've picked up a few things, and I know you guys uh, like food, so here's my food pitch. It's connected to a great burger place, Lil Woody's. There's an awesome barbecue joint across the street, Two Shoes Barbecue. There's a local pizza place that mirrors Pagliacci-style pizza half Mm. a block away, Proletariat Pizza. (laughs) Dude, that's a great name for a pizza place. Uh, The real selling point is there's a Popeye's chicken and a roasted corn stand, both within a block. Well... That's it. If you do decide to come this way for a podcast get-together or just for some roasted corn, I would love to buy you guys a beer. Have a good one. Mike Beatty, a.k.a. Belly, a.k.a. Blue 8 Golf. That's a solid pitch. That is pretty good. They might have some, like, fun N.A. beers if they have that many in Coors, like bottles. Do they make specific, like, craft non-alcoholic beer yet? I don't know about craft, but sometimes you see some weird, uh, more obscure ones that are fun to try. All right. So, yeah, I don't know. Which Keep one? My, which? Yeah, how often do you even drink them? <laughs> like twice a year? I was going to say, yeah. I just, I just like having that ability to just like, you know, when the time's right, I've got a fallback option. Because for a while there before, it was actually uh, Randy Bly from Lamb of God's book and just the way he was talking about it on Instagram that really made me be like, oh, I should start drinking those. And sometimes... You know, the situation calls for a beer. Like, with the way I think about alcohol, it's not very often. But in those times, it's like, yeah, it's cool to just be like, okay, cool, sweet. Let's see see what happens. The one problem is I don't like O'Doul's. And a lot of times when you're at a place, that's what they have. And it, it's not not. See, I always it. liked O'Doul's. I never liked the Claw Styler. Yeah. But that one's everywhere. Yeah. I like Beck's and St. Pauli best, I think. But I've tried a couple of random obscure ones that I've liked that I don't even remember the names of. Um, and there's Guinness's caliber with a K is all right. All right, it's, it's weird. It's not. It's not like the other two, but it's yeah, it's manageable. But yeah, it's fun to just like be at a bar and be able to check it out and see what they have. And eighty percent of the time, it's O'Doul's. It's like oh, I'll take a soda water. Kyle, did you just crack a beer when he was talking about it? <laughs> I actually cracked <laughs> a fake beer, a Lacroix. Oh, I almost said beer or soda water. I wonder what he's drinking. Yeah, man. I uh, just, dude. Actually, down here they have a soda water, Ted, that you would love. It's like, it's like a regional um, favorite, and it's just, it's everywhere. It's completely ubiquitous. And uh, I got some here next to me. They're called Topo Chico. For people who've been down here, it's like a Mexican soda water. It comes in a tall glass bottle, and people go bananas for those here. It's probably the most popular drink. He bought me nice. one with our breakfast tacos. Oh, really? The first time we got there. Awesome. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was very excited about it. <laughs> they're they're super like uh seltzery or bubbly or whatever like way more bubbly than a lacroix matt i'm in a weight loss competition oh i've been healthily dropping weight for the last three months but i'm trailing the lead any pointers for this final month that can help me shed a few pounds without derailing the healthy weight loss that i'm currently uh. doing thanks to grace podcast and all the land all, all the land. land oh man it's i mean if Should you, ask Joey P. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, yeah, I mean, if you're just trying to do that and then you can get back on track to your healthy or eating habits, like, I don't, I'm not pro keto by any stretch of the imagination, but when you drop carbs significantly, you lose a lot of water weight because <laughs> carbs store water. Uh, I think it's like for every gram of carbs, four grams of water gets stored or something like that. There's some ratio, but yeah, so. It's a, it's an, uh, and that's why you see a lot of success stories with these low carb and 
carb cutting diets. Uh, and so, yeah, it's uh, it's not something I recommend as like the the default method. But uh, if you're close and it's like, hey, this is worth it, and you understand that when you reintroduce carbs to your diet afterwards you're going to put some weight back on in the form of water weight and you're cool with that ahead of time and you're making an informed adult decision about it, like, I don't see the harm in that. Um, But, yeah, carbs are not the enemy. Uh, I call them American carbs are not the best for weight loss. Um, But there's... Like white bread, white rice. Yeah, flour and sugar, basically. Like, (laughs) you know, fruits and beans and, yeah, it's fine. Vegetables have carbs in them. Like, yeah, there's plenty of... And whole grains, like whole grain-based stuff. I eat so much... Dave's Killer Bread. Um, and so, yeah, but just understand that carbs help you retain water. So by reducing them, you can shed some pounds quick. But what about croissants? Well, you got to take a croissant <laughs> break there, guy. Dude, uh, one other thing I wanted to – so that was the last email. But one thing I wanted to touch on since it's one of Ted's favorite subjects, and it happens to be the day we're recording this, May Day. Ted? Uh, go ahead. Say your piece. <laughs> no, I don't I, I don't have any piece. I was curious, like, I mean, you always I feel like you always sort of follow it. You know what's going on in the city, what the protesters are messing up, what the cops are messing up. I heard this year they have like some posters up to break Bezos balls, those um uh, big uh glass um terrariums that got put in Seattle. So I'm just I'm curious to hear like Ted's thoughts on May Day this year. You know, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, just the normal kind of frustration I have with that, with, with May Day. Again, you know, you have the actual protest and rally that starts during the day. Again, May Day is about uh, the, the workers' rights and a lot of immigrants' rights because uh, they're working those jobs that need help. And uh, it's just amazing to me that, like, like, already this morning, I woke up, and, like, the news coverage is all like, oh, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. So then, what was that, seven years ago, some of those black block people, that's what they call, like, the anarchist group, got the jump on the cops, they destroyed some stuff downtown. But, I mean, they broke windows at multi-billion but dollar... But Nike Town? Yes, that? and Morton's. So, right? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, but they caused some destruction, and they got the jump on them. But ever since then, and I used, and I would go to the I would go to the rallies I used to right when I got off work. Uh, you know, you have you have the actual rally, then you have a group of people that do want to kind of do some damage, then you have the cops. But now you have a ridiculous number of cops there too. But some of the cops are already antsy and jumpy. Like I've stood there and watched them. Now I've watched protesters say nasty things to cops. I've watched cops chew out the protesters for no good reason. So you have all that stuff, and then when you throw in uh, people from local media shoving a camera in the idiots' faces, like they're going to do something. And then this year, those damn proud boys showed up and been down at Westlake all day. The crazy like alt right dudes today. Yes, because oh. they were having a patriot prayer, and it's just like. I mean, like, even today, like, look, I, if I'm going to pick a side, obviously I would, you know, be more on the Antifa side. But even those people, I saw a couple things where people that were running, like, the, the actual march were like, hey, stop, like, don't do anything. Like, we don't, we're just trying to have a peaceful march here. They're pretty extreme, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so, Ted, I'm, so, um, I don't know if you know or not, I don't know anything about, like, the origins of May Day or anything, so if you could... Shed a little light on that. And then also, I, what's, what are the Proud Boys about? And I've heard the term Antifa, but I don't know much about that either. Anti, anti-fascist. Right. Okay. Antifa. And what's their sort of like 
Do they think it's like anti like corporate or like top down control or something? No, they're just pretty much. I'll look them up as you talk. They're they they basically show up. They're anti, uh, basically you know crazy Republicans and right wing people. So the you know like like Antifa is going to show up when you have you know your your like Charlottesville, right? If you're going to show up to protect a monument or the the rebel flag, like Antifa is going to show up. So that's kind of yep. how that goes. The proud principal boys, feature, yeah, their opposition to fascism, fascism through the use of direct action. I'm seeing, right. So May Day is 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 basically a holiday celebrated uh, like throughout a ton of the world, right? And it's International Workers Day. It's basically just about like like workers having rights. So if you ever worked in a labor union, it's a big deal. You know, I'd remind people as always. You know, don't forget to thank your local <laughs> whatever union member you know for your weekend and your forty hour work week. Uh, so that's what May Day is. But in Seattle, because some of those uh, anarchists have come down and mixed in, which wasn't, again, that big of a deal. But they, it's amazing how this has happened, and I've watched it. And there's people that sit at home in Federal Way or Lake Stevens or Everett or Tacoma today, and they are happy. They want to see protesters getting pepper sprayed. So now you have some of those idiots in there, and then everybody gets all riled up. The cops get riled up. And the thing that gets lost in all this is what we're what the day is fucking for. Sorry. Right. Yeah. The message kind of gets lost. Completely gets lost. You know, and I've seen it. You know, I I, I have watched. uh, I'll leave their names out, but I have watched. If you live in Seattle, you probably know some local media people. And yeah, like I've watched. I've watched these dudes run into the middle of it. Like, I mean, I would go and just kind of watch and take pictures. But there's a certain area you keep, you know, like I'm not going to run into the idiots lighting off fireworks and shove a camera in their face because they're going to do something stupid. Well, and dude, it's funny that you say the meaning gets lost because I've heard you talk about it for three or four years. And like, you know, I've like been kind of in the in the Seattle area during it. And I really didn't know anything about how it came about or what, you know, what the goal of it was. I just knew generally kind of that people riot on that day. And that was all I knew of it. So you're right. Like the message totally gets muddled. Right, because the actual march starts down in the International District and this and that. and then, But then in the evening time, there was always this second one that fired up that would start on, like, Capitol Hill. And then you had the Proud Boys, you know, these right wing, they're all sitting down at Westlake basically looking for trouble all, all day. Wait, so what's the, what's their whole thing? Like, I hear alt-right. Is that, like, we hate black people or what's, like— Well, they don't, their... they don't call themselves racist or anything now. They say they're alt-white and therefore— you know, nationalism, this and that. They just use better words to cover up that they're racist. Oh, like euphemisms? Right. Yeah, you kind of saw that with, like, um, the again, that same documentary, uh, the Reagan and Nixon area with crime and punishment, like tough on crime was basically like a signal to white America that they were going to be jailing a lot of brown people. Yeah, well, that's why, <laughs> that's why if you're not white... Uh, when, whenever any president, I don't care who it is, sits at the pulpit and says, we're going to bring law and order back, you get scared. Yeah, dude, and what's funny, too, yeah, so I was watching that documentary, and then, like, a day later, I saw something about uh, Trump saying law and order and, like, tough on crime. It's like, oh, God, like, here we go. Yeah. You know? But yeah, it's like those code words. I didn't really know that that was, like, a, you know, some sort of, like, understood code that it was basically yeah like we're gonna put a lot of people in jail and they probably will not be white people yeah pretty crazy yeah pretty sad actually frankly (laughs) yeah it's insane yeah really is just how just how institutional some of that stuff is yeah uh all right uh let's check in matt 
Hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's mad, hey, hey what's good? What's mad? Whoa. Check out what's mad. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Uh, before we get to what's maddening. Hey, what's good? What's man? Whoa. Check out what's maddening. Um, this was a fun weekend. Uh, my girlfriend and I went down to Huntington Beach, uh, for Back to the Beach Festival, which was like the ska festival, uh, that's happening like right on the beach. So like we're in the sand. Now it's fenced off so you can't go jump in the water when it's... 80 degrees out so that part was a little little bit of a bummer and then um but it was still fun you know drink your water there was a lot of people down there yeah did you see anybody uh else that you knew um no my well my brother's brother-in-law soon to be brother-in-law my brother's fiance's brother and his wife uh who i met the night before and i think i met him once before but um yeah we when we we all flew into la at the same time and met them for just what ended up being a couple drinks, uh, but in and so that was like the first time I met them. But I didn't see anyone from the station. I know there's a couple people down there. Yeah, I was gonna but, say because right on my Instagram, I was kind of amazed how many group different. Like I was like, oh man, there's like four people I know down there. Yeah, it was really crowded. So um, yeah, I was uh, yeah, it was would have been tough to spot anyone. There's a lot of people. I was pretty shocked, but it was fun, man. Um, yeah, my aunt and uncle have a place like right in downtown Huntington and um, right on Main Street there, like three blocks from the pier. So nice. That was pretty nice. Um, and they were out of town; they were somewhere else. So uh, we had the whole place to ourselves. And yeah, it was just a just a great time. Good to get some of that nice weather. And uh, second weekend in a row, I got a sunburn. I was in April. I was I was very proud of myself and happy about that. Um, it was all from the walk over. When we got over there, we started putting sunscreen on. But just the walk down the beach to get there it was like two miles, and we could feel ourselves cooking. And then we got sunscreen. And I can only imagine how bad it would be if we didn't. But the sunburn, I'm fine with. The bands were awesome. Uh, yeah, we we got there in time for the Mad Caddies, and then Less Than Jake went on, and then um, Hepcat, and then the Aquabats were so. Goddamn awesome. Uh, they all dress up like superheroes and like play the super fun ska type stuff. And it's actually um, Travis Barker's former band before he joined Blink-182. And all he right. was the one that put the festival together. So he came up on stage with them and played a few songs, nice. which is pretty rad. Because he was like, Blink-182 was my first concert. Like They were one of the bands I went to see. It was System of a Down, Blink-182, Linkin Park, and Stained headlining an old Deck the Hall ball. And, uh, damn. Yeah, it's so weird that Stained headlined that. <laughs> it's so weird to say that in 2018. But, uh, yeah, so it was cool, like, because obviously live music played a huge role in my life and stuff. And so, uh, that was, like, kind of where it all started. And then to see Travis Barker again all these years later, it was kind of a trip. Uh, and so, yeah, music was rad. 311 headlined. Um, they were super cool. Mighty Mighty Boston's played between those two. Um, and, but yeah, I think Aquabats stole the show and 311 came out and just played the hits, man. As soon as I heard all mixed up and don't stay home, it was a long day in the sun. I was like, man, we got those in the first like five songs. Those are two of my favorites. Like I'm ready to just start walking back. And we listened to them on the way back as long as we could, you know, but it was, yeah. So then we went to in and out after that. And then the next day hung out with my, uh, cousin and his family. He's a few years older than me. 
and he's got like a family and his wife and two kids now. So we all hung out and the kids loved Tyler and I. And so it was a lot of fun. Nice. Just went and got, well, I don't know if it's brunch. It'd be breakfast under, right. under our definition. It was early. There was um, no booze. Yes. And so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's breakfast, homie. Yeah. <laughs> there was children. You were eating breakfast, yeah. dog. Yeah. So we were having <laughs> breakfast on the beach. Pretty nice. <laughs> Right in between, like real late breakfast, almost an early lunch, but we'll just call it breakfast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was great to see them. And then we drove up to LA and hung out with uh, both my brothers and my childhood best friends that live down the street. And so we were all in the same room, just talking about old times, talking about new times. And my buddy just got a new house. That's where we were at. And so that was super exciting. His wife's pregnant. She's due this month. So. Oh, man, she's, like, like, real pregnant. Yeah, it was just an exciting, like, crazy trip because they just got, like, it's their house. They bought it, and, like, he just pimped it out and, like, did all the AV and lighting himself, which he'd never done before and just, like, figured it out and, you know, has a baby on the way, so he had to get it done, and that was all within the last, like, I think he said two months or two weeks or something, like, two months. Yeah, two months, he, like had all these lights in and like saved himself a bunch of money that he was able to spend on a giant fucking TV. Uh, and yeah, it was just a sweet house. You know, they got the baby room set up and this is like, you know, a guy who grew up skateboarding and riding bikes to the to Dairy Queen with and stuff like that. So to see him adulting that hard, it was a trip. Uh, but yeah, it's always it's always a little weird going back to Southern California where I grew up and just thinking about life, so it was fun yeah. though, and he's Good. doing really well. So I was stoked and got to see my brothers. And yeah, how, how far is Huntington Beach up to LA? It was about an hour on Sunday with with a little bit of traffic. Traffic was oh, not too bad, bad getting up there and getting down there took maybe forty five minutes. My brother um, was out of town and he has a Cadillac, but it was in the shop, so he had a loaner that we got to use. So I was driving like a brand new Cadillac SUV. Nice. Um, yeah, and like had this baller place three blocks from the beach and just didn't spend a dime on any of it. It was really cool living way beyond my means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I like it. Yeah, it was great. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's about that time. Boop, doop, boop, boop, Cobb topic. Cobb topic. Not a lot of build up here. Um, over the uh, uh, last. Oh, actually, you know what? I have a good quick story with this i suppose so the last cast i didn't do um you know, when you guys had the uh the comedian on uh instead i went out to this uh bonfire ended up uh meeting some beautiful young women we hung out over the weekend uh, well, that makes it sound we're just friends but um so long story short spending time around women got me thinking about this if people used breakup lines instead of pickup lines what would be your go-to. So instead of a pickup line, if when people broke it off, they had like canned lines, they would say, what would be your go-to? Feel free to email us, email thepodcast.com. Hit us up on the Twitter machine, at thepodcast. I'm actually pretty interested to hear what the listeners have to say on this one. Uh, Mine, for what it's worth, is, I'm sorry I can't come over. Something came up. When she's like, what? My standards. Boom, roasted. (laughs) Oh, I was like just thinking about blooded. Yeah, I was thinking about when I was a kid. Roses are red, violets are blue, trash is dumped, and so are you. <laughs> oh, you got dumped. But I just don't Do know. People if I... still use that term. It's a great term. Getting dumped. Yeah, I'm like oh, you got dumped. I don't. I think I say it about myself. Like oh, my girlfriend dumped me. 
I don't know if I'd yeah. be like, yeah, I dumped that bitch. Yeah, I don't think I would ever say that about someone else, but yeah. it was a pretty funny term, like connotation wise. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's just a younger Out with term. The garbage. Too. Yeah, like I would be just like, yeah, we broke up. And he'd be like, yeah, my girlfriend dumped me. <laughs> um, the one that it's just this just reminds me of a time that I was dating this psycho just for the sex and like wasn't Facebook <laughs> official or anything, but like I let her think we we're in a relationship, and um, <laughs> then eventually, like I predicted, when I was like, "Sure, you can call me my your boyfriend," um, she got completely obliterated one night and like started just like going off about some crazy. Sh- that I don't even remember and she's like you don't even care about me like oh, I'm done with you and then like wanted to make it this whole dramatic thing we're in our we just got back to her apartment we were at a Aaron Jones show actually and uh, <laughs> god and so then she like freaks out on me and I was like ah I'm done with you and I was like so that's it I'm gonna go and she's like are you serious and I was like you want to have some breakup sex? <laughs> and that was it. I was off. She was, she was very emphatic about her response to that. And I got the hell out of there. Never talked to her again. How? <laughs> so the last words to ever come out of your mouth towards her were, do you want to have some breakup sex? I think it was okay when she gave me an emphatic no. Like, all right, well, I'm going to go. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just like good talks. Yeah, no, there. yeah, like she was looking for a fight. I don't know, but I was just like ready to pull the parachute on that one, and saw my golden opportunity and took it. You made the right call. Yeah. Men everywhere know you made the right. Yeah, call. Yeah, she started the dialogue on the breakup, but yeah, I was just like, okay, and then Bye, she was Felicia. like, "Are you kidding me?" And I'm just like, "Did you want to have some breakup sex?" And then yeah, I was out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to I mean, I'm trying to think if I had one end kind of like that. I mean, I guess yeah, I guess one girl same way I was just with her cuz of the sex and she was super hot. <laughs> but that was kind of the same thing. Like it just kind of like ended. I was like, "Are we really breaking up over text?" And then she called me the next day. I ignored it and deleted the number. <laughs> Never spoke to her again. That works. Yeah. <laughs> Way to take the high road, Ted. Right? <laughs> well, hey, you can't break up over text. I mean, we were in our 30s. Yeah, that's cold-blooded. It was. But if she asked me, I'd probably have sex with her again. Hey, man, that's just, you know, there's philosophy and then there's life. I get that. I've slept with an ex or two in my time. That's a a part of life. Right? I'm a man. Uh, All right, well, there you go. There's episode uh, 219. We will be taking a a week off as Cobb, Jesus, as as MCTP is doing some traveling. He'll be in Amsterdam eating peyote while on mushrooms and smoking wheat. Do you eat peyote or smoke it? Oh, it's a butt. I I think you eat it. I'll get back to you. Yeah, I don't think you could smoke peyote. Okay. You can do both. Oh, can you? All right. Either way, I I don't think he's going to do all that, but it's legal, so. You call not, the, all, not at the same time. Not at the same time. I don't know, right? <laughs> I know one. I know one person that can do that, and they they have a funny little name for it. And I will tell you off the air. All right. All right. So the, uh, so we're taking a week off. Everybody, enjoy your week off. Uh, yeah. I would recommend you know Matt's doing some traveling. Uh, you know we're not going to be here for a week, but go do something fun. If it's just hanging out with a different group of friends or going to see a show. Go out there and do something, man. Yeah. You know, I, I know for myself, I get caught up just with, like this doing the same stuff over and over. Enjoy so, your life. Yeah, go to a rum bar, dude. 
Get with it. Yeah. Uh, all right. For, uh, for MZTP, for Cobb, I'm the Ted Smith. This is the podcast. Cheers.